Hi, I'm Jessie Delo, your host of Madly Forever, a podcast in collaboration with The Fullest. Each episode, I'll help people move past their vision boards to create a life and relationship that they truly love. I, sometimes along with the help of my husband, Brian, will interview a variety of experts, psychologists, couples, and business partners to discover the science and secrets to successful compatibility. By pairing my expertise for manifestation with my background in therapeutic healing, I have manifested the life of my dreams. And with this podcast, I aim to help others find their optimal alignment as well. Today's episode of Madly Forever is brought to you by Avocado Green Mattress, the leading organic mattress company that I absolutely love and use. Our bed is a beautiful king-sized avocado mattress with this amazing pillow top that they make, and it truly feels like sleeping on a cloud. And actually, our daughter Amelie, who just turned three, we just got her her first big girl bed, which we decided to go again with avocado mattress and got her the pillow top, and she's never slept better despite moving to a new house. She's just, you know, really comfortable and cozy in there. And I really encourage you guys to look into switching over if you haven't switched to an organic mattress as we spend a third of our lives in bed breathing and absorbing this material and often which is filled with chemicals and toxins and just not good for our bodies um, or our health. So I'm really happy to extend the generous offer of $200 off of your first order on their site of a mattress. Um, if you just type in Madly Forever 200, um, Avocado Mattress will hook you up with that discount automatically. Um, so I hope you enjoy, I hope you sleep well and have a great time in that new bed of yours. Thanks for listening. Hi everybody, welcome back to Madly Forever. I'm so excited to be here today with my dear friend Jordan Younger. Um, I'll let Jordan introduce herself if you don't know her and tell you guys a bit about what she does. Hey guys, I'm so happy to be here. So happy to be in your beautiful home, Jesse, with all this natural light pouring in. <laughs> I'm Jordan. I have a blog called The Balanced Blonde and a podcast called Soul on Fire that Jesse's been on a couple times. So much fun. So fun. And I blog about so many things. It's really turned into quite the journal for my life. So whatever I'm up to at any given point in time, whether it be healing from chronic illness, which has been my life for a couple years, um, healthy food, cooking, plant-based foods, which I'm really passionate about, yoga, so many things, healthy lifestyle all around and just inspiring people to live a more soul on fire life and show people that you can make a career out of anything you love. Jesse, you're such an example of this and I believe it wholeheartedly. So that's what I like to share and I'm just so honored to be here and excited to talk. Mm, I love that. Yes, you are the ultimate example of you get like sort of a ping and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this now or literally. Yeah. It's the <laughs> coolest thing. And I, and I share that same, that same sort of, um, flexibility in my thinking that if something interests me and I'm 
I'm, you know, called to it, then I can move that way. Like things aren't static. We don't have to be limited by a title or a specific role that we've chosen. We can always evolve and move. And I feel like your, even your voice in terms of wellness has shifted so much since you began, right? 100%. It's gone through. I mean, I've been doing this for seven years. So it's pretty much just been a, it's been along for the ride with me where I have, I started as a vegan blogger. It was all about just diehard, plant-based vegan life. And then I kind of moved away from that label for a period of time. And I was very young. I was about 22 and was just exploring all sorts of different things, kind of a label-free but still very healthy life. And then life took me in a very different direction where I got very sick. When did you get sick? Well... When was the first onset of you getting sick? So when it kind of became this critical thing that I couldn't ignore, it was 2017. Mm -hmm. It was around the summer of 2017 that I started noticing just these unbearable rashes on my body. That's how it started. And I had other symptoms, like I was starting to be very tired when I always had lived this life full of energy and exercise and I was kind of this energizer bunny and I didn't have any of that anymore but this all was a very slow decline so the rashes were the first thing and the most obvious too the most obvious can't ignore that right because people would look at it I mean I was so used this is so sad but I was so used to living with chronic illness symptoms that I just thought it was normal how tired I was how foggy I was. I had such severe stomach issues, which was kind of a lifelong thing. So I thought those were just flaring. I thought maybe I was allergic to something. I was getting tons of testing. Um, Sadly, I thought that that was all normal and that that's how everybody must feel. Yeah, because you have no gauge. Right. Yeah. Um, Well, I knew other people didn't feel that way because I was like, this is not right. Mm -hmm. But I just felt like maybe... I, everyone feels this way, but I, for some reason, can't mm. handle it. Um, and then these rashes, they started to look so intense that friends of mine and my family uh, were very concerned. And um, eventually, over the course of like six months, from mid-2017 to early 2018, they just covered my whole body. Jeez. You couldn't see my skin. That is all. terrifying. Literally only on my feet and my hands could you see my actual skin. Oh, my God. I, I know that photo of you with your face covered in all these red blotches, like raised blotches. Mm-hmm. Poor thing, but I didn't realize it was your entire body. Right. Yeah, so that picture was taken last year in 2019 because it would go up and down and flare. But when my whole body was covered, I wasn't even taking any pictures I wish that I had just to document it and I would take them to send to Marta for example at Surya Spa I'm like what is going on um but I would delete them because I was so horrified of what was happening um yeah so that's been a journey and so then what did you do well I did a lot first because it was a skin issue, I thought, of course, I should see a dermatologist. That didn't really work out for me because dermatologists, all the various ones that I saw, couldn't 
pinpoint what was wrong. Unfortunately, they didn't even get within five feet of me to see what was going on. They wow. would just look at me from across wow. the room and be like, yeah, that's eczema. We'll prescribe you a steroid cream. I'm like... And probably no questions about right. your diet or your I? lifestyle, just like right. looking at the, the flare-up. Yeah, and I look back on that now and I'm so angry because that is not right. And there's so much wrong with the medical system. And I was so lost and confused. And I was sick with a disease that was affecting my brain. So I wasn't really able to fend for myself. Um, And nobody knew, including me, how severe it was. But it makes me so angry looking back. Because I remember so clearly being in all these appointments, just hoping for some answers. And then I have always been into more holistic health. So I I had a functional medicine doctor, Ayurvedic doctor, and everybody was trying to help. But I hadn't, no, no one could quite figure it out. No one could get to the root where we thought maybe it's food, maybe it's environment. So I ended up going to Bali on a soul-searching trip thinking... I remember. I think I saw you right before you went, right? Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I think you did. I mean, the whole time is a blur to me <laughs> because my brain was so fuzzy uh, from, from what was happening. I'm sure. Um, and I thought, for sure, I will heal in the healing oasis of Bali. How could I not? I'll be eating healthy. I'll juice cleanse. I'll do whatever it takes. Right. Put your energy um, 100% towards yeah. yourself. And it was a wonderful trip, but it was not a healing trip. I was very sick. Most of the time I couldn't get out of bed. I still had a lot a lot of great spiritual insights and I was very close to my soul there. So I was channeling and that was great, but I didn't have any energy. Um And it just hit me while I was there that I can't keep doing this. I can't keep literally and figuratively running away from this problem in my life. I need to go home and figure it out because wherever I am in the world isn't really going to help. And luckily I came back to LA and I had an appointment that I had been on the wait list for for a long time to see my now my Lyme specialist And that was just a suggestion someone gave me. Maybe you have Lyme. So, but I was hopeless. I was like, no doctor is going to be able to figure me out. This has been a lifelong thing. And then, of course, like a two-year battle, but a lifelong set of symptoms. A lifelong, really? So it had been affecting you for much longer than... Stomach problems, um, just strange little sensitivities that I've always had. Mm. So I was getting colonoscopies and endoscopies when I was like 12. Oh, wow. Um, always usually gut related and diet really helped a lot with that, but it was totally lifelong. I had like very severe like diseases when I was younger. I got whooping cough and I was sick for a year. Your immune system was weak. Very. Yeah. So... I was a bit used to doctors not figuring me out, so I didn't have any hope. But she did tons of tests on me, and um, she told me, even though the testing is going to take like a month to come back, I'm pretty positive that you have Lyme and co-infections and other things as well, and mold. So 
I then went off to do a water fast for a that's month right. while I waited for the results and it helped a lot. And that's when my eczema actually went, went away. Wow. Um, and of course it's come back and it's flared, but that was a very hopeful time. And then I did get my results when I got back, found out that I was living in mold. Wow. Um, in your apartment? Yeah. And then to bring this full circle, I recently learned that I grew up in a moldy home. How did you learn that? Well, my dad, who's hilarious yeah. um, and amazing and all just such an amazing person in my life. The other week, he, we were all, me and him and my mom were having dinner. And he's like, yeah, well, I know why you've been sick all this time. Because of the mold in, in our house <laughs> growing up. And my mom and I were like, what? And he had never mentioned or thought to mention, or I think he finally just put it all together, but never said it out loud until that night that we had a terrible mold problem in the home where I grew up from when I was born until we moved when I was 14. Wow. Um, and the worst of it was right under my bedroom. Oh my God. And they didn't know until we moved out and the new owners, I guess, were renovating the house and there was this huge remediation that had to be done oh my um gosh. so I never knew that and of course I I didn't know until two years ago that mold was such a deadly toxic thing Neither so did I. if someone had even told me that when I was young I would it would have meant nothing to me but knowing now wow. that it made me that sick and of course I'm putting it all together now I've always had a weak immune system just like you said wow and it's kind of flipped my world upside down to know that I, maybe all these stories I've always told myself, like, you're just a sensitive person, you're just a sick person, you're just prone to being sick, more sensitive than everyone else, most sensitive in your family, all these things is yeah. like, oh my God, wait, maybe I wasn't born to feel awful. Wow. Um, and it gives me chills to talk about it because... I really believed that I was like born with a some kind of extremely heightened sensitivity. Like a deficiency in some way. Yeah. And I, I still believe that in a way just because the research I've done on just the accumulation of toxins in even our grandparents mm. and then our parents that now live in our DNA, I get it. I get that I have a lot of toxins that aren't even really mine. Um, well, inherited. Right. And I have a lot of genetic mutations I've learned about that make it really hard to detox mold. So, so interesting. it was the perfect storm. Wow. But as you and I both know and believe, nothing happens on accident. And I'm beginning to see the purpose in all this and just being able to share this and help other people and show people that you can heal. And I'm still healing. Um, definitely not 100%, but I've come so far to, to show so that. Far. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been so open about your journey and just so um, educational to other people about what it's like, you know, mm -hmm. and giving a lot of insight and probably a a voice to people who don't have one, what it's like to go through this because sometimes people don't share that they're going through this and they're really debilitated, but they don't even have the words for it. They maybe don't know what's going on and also they don't feel comfortable sharing it. So you giving voice to that is really helpful, I'm sure, for so many people. 
Yeah, I'm so happy to share it. And I think that that's what got me through for all this time because it can be very isolating to have sickness like this. And I feel so lucky because a lot of people get diagnosed with something like Lyme and they're totally alone because it's a very isolating and misunderstood disease. And instantly because of my blog and podcast, I started meeting just all of these thousands of people who are in the same boat. And even if we're only talking online or sometimes in real life, it has made me feel so much more connected. So even when I've tried to take some time off of social media, because I've tried everything just to heal and instill boundaries and stop working for a period of time, I really missed social media and I really missed the positive elements and and the people and it's a unique thing where I mean I've helped them but they've helped me Mm. so much and such genuine such a genuine purpose in doing it right totally so amazing yeah yeah I feel like you more than anyone else you genuinely value your audience as like equals to you Mm -hmm. and you are totally someone who embraces them and talks to them and really engages in an authentic way whereas I think a lot of other people sort of like you know have their audience as like just their audience yeah I agree and I really value responding to everybody which I try to do every day on my comments on Instagram and my emails and blog comments. It takes a lot of time though. Well, so much right? time. And it's so funny because all I've done today is that. Wow. But it's it's so fulfilling, but I'm also like, I'm living on a screen. Right. So of course there's boundaries and I know people get it and I don't have to put the pressure to respond to literally every last person, especially if I'm addressing questions um, in another place where they can find it. Right. But... Yeah, to your point, I really value my audience and I saw a quote or some kind of, I guess it was a quote the other day from a different blogger saying, what will really set influencers apart in the coming years is people who who really communicate with their audience because I think people truly are getting sick of just like the influencer, quote unquote, that won't really talk to you or won't answer your questions and of course, everybody r- runs their business differently, and I get it. But I thought that that was an interesting totally, quote. And totally interesting. Yeah, and I agree. Yeah, because I think people are really looking up to the person that they're following that has that sort of type of presence that shares and is open and is putting their life out there. They look up to them, and they want to have some sort of avenue to converse with them. And I, I think otherwise, it's still that separation. Um, so it's amazing that you put the time in for that. But of course, you know, keeping yourself healthy by putting some boundaries and not spending your entire waking life doing that. Exactly. Yeah. Because that would yeah. be kind of sad. I, I definitely want to be with people and in nature and yeah. have time for all sorts of things. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I, I definitely prioritize the offline, but then I know sometimes like with how you glow, it can suffer a little bit because there's a little bit of maybe a lag sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but... But I really admire the way you and Tara do How You Glow because you can tell from the outside looking in that you guys are really living your lives and 
mostly everything you guys post is like some kind of beautiful, either exotic location or restaurant or healing space. You guys are actually out in the world. Yeah, it's where we're doing. Doing those things. And then sometimes we like, for for example, now I don't think we've posted for like a week or something. We haven't posted to Instagram or like been on our account. But I also think that's okay. You know, it's Definitely. like it's just real. It's like you know, maybe there wasn't something to post this week (laughs) and we didn't force it. And then when there is, we post it. So I think it's this relaxed version of it, but I think there is value in the consistency and someone being able to go and see and hear a message from you every single day. And there's different styles, like you said, but Mm -hmm. I think that's valuable for so many people. And then, so going through all of these, you know, health challenges and just search for feeling better. I know that you just got married. I was at your gorgeous, incredible wedding in Ojai, which was the most magical ever. How did this impact your relationship with Jonathan? How did, you know, you guys persevere through? Because if you don't have energy for yourself, you know, I can't imagine you having it for somebody else, especially like romantically. Mm-hmm. And So how did you guys deal with that? Yeah, I mean, he is... A saint, first of all. I mean, he's my angel. Like, he came into my life at such a significant time. And we had been friends for years. But when we started dating, it was a very transformational time in my life. Because I was only really at the tail end of being healthy without this sickness at the beginning of our relationship. And within, like, five or six months of being together... I was no longer healthy and we went from running a marathon together when we were friends um, to I could never even run a quarter of a mile. Um, and right. he works in fitness studios. Yes, too. yes. And he really inspired my fitness journey and got me really into fitness where I was always into yoga, but I was never a runner or anything like that. Um, I never lifted weights and he really changed me in that way and even my blog became very fitness oriented for a while and um he inspires me so much with that and so I think we were both very excited to to have a partner where it's like we can do these things together and he was doing an ultra marathon that year which is like I think it's 50 miles. Um, Whoa, are you serious? Yeah. And I was doing, oh, I'm sorry. He was doing an ultra marathon, I think is 31 miles, but still, I mean, it's all all the same to me. Yeah. And I was barely do a 5k. Yeah. I had signed up for a half marathon to do with it and I did do it, but like I wasn't able to train and it was kind of really hard on my body. And that was all the tail end of like any ability to do that kind of thing. Um, and it really goes to show you now that we're married, that he was so in it for me and for my heart and for who I am as a person and not necessarily because we have all these common interests and all these fun things we can do together because those things stopped happening and everything was hard because I mean, even like driving to his parents' house in Calabasas was not really something I could do. And I know that that sounds so crazy, but it's true. And it's especially, it's like, yes, I could. Did you get nauseous or tired or what? Um, I was too tired. I mean, I was too tired. I would have to conserve my energy for a week if I was going to do something like that. 
because it's yes it's the drive but it's like what are we gonna do when we get there we're gonna have dinner and like I need to be right like (laughs) I actually need to be around people and so if something was important I would save my energy but most of the time I was just trying to exist I was just trying to live so I couldn't save my energy and it wasn't totally fair to him because you're falling in love with this person. I mean, we were already in love. You're starting a life with this person who can't be there for you and in the ways that are normal. Um, Such a test to the right, relationship majorly. Right. And for him, he was always fine with it. And wow. it's really hard to explain. People don't believe me. They're like, tell me something bad about him. I'm like, I couldn't if I tried. And it's not that everything. ever fight? Yes. Yes. It's not that everything's perfect. It's just in that big way, he was committed. And yes, he was very scared when I got diagnosed and he'd never known anyone with a chronic illness. He's never even been sick. He's had like minor colds. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, so, to learn like what it takes to be with someone who's this sick. And I've needed some serious support, like surgeries where I couldn't walk for three weeks afterwards. And he literally had to pull me out of bed because I couldn't use my stomach muscles after I had a love story. And I think it's such a blessing that it happened before you guys got married. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I I think being able to be tested in that way and, and show up for each other, and in this case, him show up for you in this way before getting married is such a testament of what type of husband and father yeah. one day he'll be. Oh, my God. He's going to be the best dad. Yeah, because so... you never know how someone's going to react in the situation. Yeah. He's like a caretaker. That. We always say that because his, his brother also married someone who has had chronic issue, health issues. And she and I, she's very amazing. We're very close. Jonathan and his brother... They're caretakers and I always just remind them like you guys were raised so beautifully. It's Mm. so, it's so obvious because you just signed up to marry these women (laughs) who, who have struggled and it's just a really sweet thing and they really take care of us. And even if they don't know how they're willing to learn and willing to just get better and, and then of course, on the flip side, I'm always learning, too, how to be a better partner. And um, now that I'm healing, like learning to allocate my energy and save it for him, even though I'm so excited to use it in my work. And I've always been a workaholic. And he reminds me, you still are healing. I really want your energy now. Like you right. can't be giving it to everyone right. but me. So those are the conversations we have now where the whole thing has been a massive test on any relationship, but we don't really know anything different. Right, right. What a blessing. I mean, it's like you you hate to have to deal with that, but like it strengthens the bond that you guys share and it Mm -hmm. shows you can get through anything. And I think that illness or any type of difficult situation is so much just easier to bear when you have someone supporting you like that, right? Exactly. When you know that no matter what, even if you can't speak, you can't do anything, that there's no pressure to, that they've yeah. got you, you know? Exactly. I yeah. always think about what would have really happened if 
I wasn't with anyone during this time and I don't know what would have happened, but I might have moved home with my parents. Yeah, you have great parents. I have great parents. And a great relationship with them. Yeah. I literally think I would have moved home to Sacramento and my life would be very different. different. It's really Mm -hmm. a crazy thing. But like you said, there was divine intervention and everything happened exactly as it should. Exactly. And then I know that you and Jonathan did ayahuasca together. I know you've done it a couple of times on your own and then you you brought him into the mix. And I want to hear about the experience of doing that with your partner and what that was like for you guys. Yeah. Well, it was amazing because I did it on my own for the first time um, around this time last year. And it was the most transformative thing I'd ever done. So eye-opening, just my life, my perspective on everything changed because so crazy I in saw, one like day. Yeah, basically in in three ceremonies, so like a three day weekend. I saw my past lives. I saw my ancestors. I saw my reasons for being sick. I saw that realms other than this one are so real and I know that like everyone has their own opinions and that's fine but this is what I've personally seen so many different realms and planes and parallel lives and the medicine of ayahuasca showed me many parallel lives of mine that are being lived right now in other dimensions and what was your favorite one that you saw um (laughs) well I mean, God, the funny thing is a lot of them are very similar. Uh-huh. Um, it's like, whoa, you're here too. Like some of the same people. Wow. And it wasn't like so specific where I could see like, oh, that one's my favorite. It was more just the fact that they're even happening. Um, it's really a trip. Right. So it was very clear to me after that. And I had a really intense experience where I basically had – you could call it an exorcism or you could call it like a psychotic break. Wow. I had that. Um, Even that extreme or psychotic break. You would yeah. So I only, <laughs> I only say that because I recently was reading about what a psychotic break is. Yeah. And it hit me that that's exactly what I had. But it's different because I was on the medicine of ayahuasca. So it was... It was. It didn't just happen. And it didn't um, persist, right? And afterwards. it didn't. No, and it didn't happen yeah. from a breakdown of stress or anything. It would, but, but a psychotic break can come on from smoking weed or from mm-hmm. a drug. So it's kind of similar. But I think the difference is that you stay in it a little bit longer, right? With ayahuasca, psychotic break. Oh, right. I mean, I guess it's different yeah. for everybody. But I'm curious what that was like. Describe that. What happened? Oh, well, this is why when I read about it, I realized this is what I had because. I'm sure it's different for everyone and I don't want to like, um, you know, speak to anyone else's experience, but I fully was not in my body or even on this earth. So what I was doing and what I was saying and what I was screaming and speaking in tongues, kicking at <laughs> that, I, it doesn't, it doesn't feel as if I was actually there while that was happening, but I knew it was happening, but it felt more like it was a nightmare and that it wasn't real. And so when something's not real, you'll say or do anything because it's like, this is a dream. This isn't real. Um, so my subconscious and deep within my subconscious, which maybe goes to past lifetimes was screaming out so many things, but it's, things that I truly like experience in this life, things that I was angry about, people that 
that I was mad at and things, my family issues. And um, so I only know this because afterwards I had about 20 people to kind of recount to me what was, what had, what I had said. So everyone throughout the rest of the weekend was like, who's Hudson? And I'm like, that's my cat. Obviously he's my spirit animal. I'm talking about him. Like bring me back to Hudson is what I was saying. Um, But they're like, who's this person? And I'm like, oh, that's my sibling. Like, whoa, I can't believe I was saying all that. And, um, it was the biggest cathartic release I've ever had, but it was also the scariest thing because I thought that I was never coming back to this life. And that's what I was doing like physically, but in my head, I was actually in a very different place in a different lifetime. Like, basically being forced to be in a cult and I was like in this hell kind of place um and to me it it lasted for what felt like centuries so coming back to this life you think that was a past life of yours I do or maybe some kind of it's hard to say either a past life something happening in my subconscious there and it was you can't come back to this life and not be forever changed. And so the whole way back from from Northern California where I was, I was calling people who I grew up with. Like now I'm back in my real self right. being like, I'm so sorry for this one thing I did when we were in middle school because wow. I had seen my whole life. It was like them? a life review. It's people that I'm still very okay. close with and they know was me. It cold calls? <laughs> no. And they're like, I don't even remember. I'm like, well, I just saw it like it was yesterday and I have to say wow. this. Um, so yeah. So long story short, I then felt like Jonathan and I are getting married. I will never be the same after that experience. And I need the person that I'm marrying to have this experience. Wow. And you cannot um, force ayahuasca on someone nor should you ever, because if they're supposed to be doing it, they'll, they'll find their own way. But he was already interested. He's super open and he was curious to begin with. So well, I'm sure him seeing you have such a profound right. shift. He was like, what can I uncover? Yeah. And also because when I did it and I felt like I was gone for centuries and lifetimes, I missed him so much. I didn't think I could do it again without him. Oh, um, because I, sweetest thing. Well, I was like, I was in a place where I thought I would never see him again. It was so weird. So I knew if he's in the room, I'm so curious how the experience will be. And so doing it together was, was wonderful because I made such a conscious decision to go have a very light experience because I didn't want to go back to this, what had happened. Um, The terrifying episode that I had, even though it was worth it, I was not prepared to do that again nor will I probably ever be because I think maybe I only needed to have that experience once. How did you know you'd be able to control that? Well, I didn't because you definitely can't control. The medicine will take you where you need to go. And I believe that with my whole heart. Um, I trust so much the shaman that I was doing it with and getting into it, You, no matter what, you can't control it. Releasing control is is the, it's, you have to surrender. Right. And I know a big part of it, all this stuff comes up, but then do you process it with the shaman? Mm-hmm. You do. There's a lot of processing. There's a lot of conversations um, afterward and before 
intention setting and it's really important and I think to not process it would be traumatizing traumatizing yeah. and also just kind of what's the point I mean you right. want to integrate it into your life so there's a lot of integration afterwards but um my if you speak the intention to the medicine like I want to have a very light experience I'm really not prepared for the darkness. <laughs> the medicine will give Spare you... Spare me the darkness. <laughs> right, like what you, what your intention is, but also what you need. And so it's right. like, if you really need it, it will still take you there. Right. But I knew that I didn't. Like, please don't. But I, I did have a dark experience again, but then I had a really light one. Um, and I just drank, because it's a tea, so like I drank maybe one-tenth of what I had. So you oh, learn okay. as well. Yeah. Um, and... Jonathan's experience was really transformative too. He didn't have kind of what I had the first time, but my sense is that, and this might sound very out there to some people, but that part of what I came to this earth to do was to heal some generational trauma. And I saw very clearly what that was and what that is. And I can do that in my daily life with or without plant medicine. Um, and Jonathan's purpose here on this earth is not quite as heavy. And so his experience is very different. And wow. that's what's really cool about plant medicine. I mean, we're all so different. Totally. It's like the coolest thing in the world. It really is. And I know that you were microdosing for a little bit afterwards, mm -hmm. right? And how did that go? Really, really great. So the microdose doesn't have DMT. So there's no psychoactive component. It's more just living with the spirit of, of the plant in your daily life and just having this deep respect for this beautiful Amazonian plant that is so wise and so grandmotherly and just beyond what we could ever really comprehend as humans. How um, did it feel? Well, it was more of a ritual for me. Uh, it's such a micro dose mm -hmm. with no DMT that for me it was a daily reminder to slow down and I would I would have the little um, teaspoon of it while I was journaling and meditating and it, it was just a really good ritual for me and then I noticed when I did do the next ayahuasca ceremony um, I think it makes the experience deeper in a way because you have a bit of it in you every day so it takes very little to get you wow. into the next experience not something that I heard other people say too. So it made me realize, oh yeah, I've been microdosing. That's why I went right in on the second time. Um, the second like set of ceremonies that I did. So loved microdosing. I also like to microdose mushrooms. Really? Um, Tell me more about that. So that was something um, that I was doing a lot when I was really sick because I was kind of just um, in a very desolate place when I was very sick. I was There was a ton of hopelessness and like this lasted for three years. So am I ever going to get better? And what is my life really going to look like? And microdosing mushrooms really makes the world look sparkly and beautiful. Sure. And a little giggly. Yes. <laughs> and happy. And it was just like this light experience, which for me was deeply spiritual with so much intention and I had was it every day no okay. um just whenever I felt like uh -huh. it maybe once a week uh -huh. for a while uh -huh. which is still a lot mm -hmm. um 
and I just felt like, wow, am I going to be really into this forever? But then I hit a point where I wasn't anymore and, um, and I still love it, but I haven't felt the call in a long time. And, um, we just go through so many seasons in our life. And at, at that time I was in a very deep place of spiritual exploration and every day was like a new, I was uncovering all this wisdom and ayahuasca really opened me up to what's out there and um, kind of like, yeah, my deep spiritual purpose on this earth. And it was kind of a very frequent exploration for me that I just loved so much. And I was creating all this spiritual content at the time um, on my blog and everything else. And now um, I feel like okay, maybe I got what I needed. I got a lot of what I needed and I'm sure I will dip in and out whenever. But Did you feel it made the mushrooms made you more creative? Um, in a different way, yes, for sure. I mean, yeah, you just see the world differently. Yeah, and able to, were you able to be productive and sort of function or was it more of something you did and sort of just like experienced your day? Both. I mean, every time was different and similar to any type of plant medicine. It's all about surrendering to the experience where some days a very small microdose, I would be extremely productive and I would be writing and I would be around people. And, and it was almost, it was almost normal ish, except Mm -hmm. for just a heightened experience Mm -hmm. of life. And other times I could have the same amount and just be laying in the sand right. for six hours. <laughs> and at the clouds yeah. pass you by. Funny enough, those times would be more productive right. because On a soul level. what you're learning right. is just amazing. Right, it's so true. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of, you know, off topic. But so after doing all of these types of experiences, going into the depths of your soul and the depths of the different realms that you are privy to, what do you think happens after death? What is your view of what happens after death? Oh my gosh, I love that you asked. Well, I think no matter what it is, that it's a beautiful thing. That's the one thing that I am sure of. Mm. Um, I've seen a lot of different things in these realms that I sometimes don't know if that's life after death or what I'm seeing exactly, but I've had some experiences of on the beach actually, um, after having taken mushrooms, kind of seeing what I think my heaven is like. And I would love to hope that that is what some kind of afterlife for me would be. It's just amazing. It's just like (laughs) so sparkly and wonderful and where we are all one, just connected in this very strong oneness. Um, where humans are connected to the clouds, are connected to the mountains, are connected to the ocean, and we're all one kind of beating heart of consciousness and love. Mm. And that's beautiful, and I've been shown that's what we are that's as humans. That's what we are in, I mean, this, in this lifetime, right. too. And, so when, and you can access it only from that higher consciousness. Yes, and when we shed these bodies, I can see that returning to that place with so much clarity um, and without the pain and other things of a human body at times, all the complications of being Mm -hmm. a human, 
that that's what we are. Um, and I also believe so strongly that we are reunited with, with our loved ones and our soul family. I really hope so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I don't know what that looks like. And if I knew for sure, (laughs) I would be shouting it from the rooftops. (laughs) I don't think anyone knows for sure, but but I believe it. And, you know, I'm obsessed with talking to mediums and psychics and, and I have quite a bit of those abilities as well, but I love talking to people who really have honed those skills mm-hmm. and really do this full time. Um, Cause for me, it's just like a shot in the dark. It's like, Whoa, this is happening. Mm-hmm. And I find a lot of comfort in what they always say, which is that um, death is a beautiful thing. And where we go, wherever we go, we are still connected and, and our ancestors are there with us, but basically behind a veil Wow. Um, it seems like you have such a connection to your ancestors, like so much clarity around it, whereas I don't feel I have that. I did not until I did ayahuasca. Wow. Yeah, like I have no vi- – when I say ancestors, I have no visual. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, I can – I neither did I except for my grandparents who I knew. Right, exactly. Um, no, I spent a lot of time with them so on my journeys. Yes. So interesting. What are your mm-hmm. ancestors like? Well, my paternal lineage is so – fascinating um it's a more um traumatized set of people um just struggle so it's actually like my paternal lineage but my my dad's mom like her whole side Mm -hmm. from my dad's dad's side is super light and bubbly and like not a care in the world which is I truly feel like I'm such a combination Mm -hmm. because I'm so much like my grandfather but I, of course, I have the elements of my grandmother in that, like, her pain translated into my body as sickness. Wow. And they made it all very clear on ayahuasca. And, um, but they're great, you know, they're really loving people, very hardworking. They're kind of astonished by um, how little I have to work in this life, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And we both have a life like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone listening also can. Th- so my grandmother, I mean, that whole lineage is always kind of telling me telepathically that I got it good. Like, <laughs> this is a good, good life. Um, they they had to work very hard. Um, and then my mother's side, maternal side, is like, super loving um not as much pain on that side and um I mean there was struggle for sure very family oriented um it's more my mom's dad that had the pain and so I mean it's a great group (laughs) great group of people super interesting that you got all of that information through like the the plant through the plant right. carried that into you and like downloaded that it made me it's go really into the body crazy. of my dad's mom and feel her pain and then go into the body of my dad and feel his pain and then go into the bodies of my siblings and so it makes you a pretty um empathic person yeah, yeah. like you can't dislike anybody wow. really after you've had that experience because to be able to feel and see from someone else's point mm-hmm. of view. I mean, that's the ultimate That's the ultimate way to have good relationships, right? And to not feel separate. Is yeah. to be able to, you know, 
you know, put yourself in someone else's shoes. Right. Literally. Because then you're, you've forgiven everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's such a burden to be lifted. Mm. But then again, coming back to the whole human realm, I've been reminded that it's not always that easy. And so, yes, you can have this kind of enlightened way of thinking and it's wonderful. And I want to be that way all the time. But it's hard because that's not how a lot of humans live. And so I found myself being blindly loving and kind to people who were not reciprocating. And that's also not a good way to live because then I'm like, you know, sharing this really potent loving energy with really negative energy being met back. And I only have so much energy to give. Yeah, and that's Mm -hmm. when you just choose where you send it to. Right. Sending it out to everyone, but clearly not focusing and, you know, putting too much effort into places where it's not healthy and it's not, (laughs) yeah. Mm -hmm. And so now, I mean, looking at you, you look great, you look healthy, but I know that sometimes that's deceiving. Sometimes you might look really healthy but not feel good. How do you feel right now and what's been going on right now? I know you're you've been changing your diet a bit and you're more focused on nutrition and your own um, cooking. So I'd like to hear more about what's going on right now. Yeah. So lately I've made a really big commitment to healing through diet, which I've been doing for a long time. So that might sound a little redundant, like Jordan, you've been doing that for (laughs) a long time, but I've made a bigger commitment. Um, Whereas before I've been eating this specific way for a couple years. SOS, right? Will you tell everyone what that is? Salt, oil, sugar free and Mm plant-based, which is something that I learned about at a healing center where I was living for like five weeks with the water fasting and the healing. Water fasting is insane. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, And it saved me and I wouldn't, you know, recommend it to people listening unless there's a serious chronic health issue that you have either eczema or fibroids. I have a lot of like benign benign tumors in my body that the goal was to shrink them. And it Um, worked. No. It didn't work. (laughs) It worked for the eczema. Okay. And it worked for some other things. And you had to get a surgery for the fibroids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They were just too big. But if someone caught them early, that would be a different story. And water fasting might, you know, shrink Mm -hmm. them until they could go away. Um, But the blessing of living there and and having the water fasting was that they teach the SOS free way of life. And I didn't know anything about it before that. Maybe I knew a little because I was such a obsessed raw vegan in my early days of blogging. And that's kind of the philosophies can go together sometimes, but, um, it's not raw. It's also cooked. And I just learned so much about it when I was there and the healing benefits for people who who are sick. So no even olive oil. Exactly. Wow. That would be really difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Because olive oil is really in everything, right? Exactly. Salad dressing. So what do you... Can't go to a restaurant. Yeah. What do you do? No salt. Salt's in everything. I know. I know. Um, well, when you go out to eat, you just have to be really clear and just know what your what your goals are and your motivations and why you're doing this. And it has everything to do with healing and nothing to do with vanity. I mean, people are always like, that's so restrictive. And I'm right. like, yeah, you don't know what it's it like to not freedom. be able to get out right. of bed. Because right. restrictive is is being sick. Right. Restrictive is 
is so different. Right. But you um, still look like you make some really delicious. I do, stuff. and that's the thing. It's you know, eating at home is such a. It's really like such a playground for me. Whereas yeah. going out to eat, I'm pretty limited, which is fine because I love to have a social life and kind of get a mix of both. But um, you don't drink. No. And you don't eat the majority of the stuff at the restaurant. So that must be tough. Yes. It must be tough. I'm I sure. mean, it's always tough. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like you you have to sacrifice to like be Yeah. Social. And it's if if it's somewhere I've never been before, there's always some anxiety. Right. Are they not gonna understand? Because they often don't. And right. they're like, Oh, you said no oil. <laughs> well, here's a ton of oil. Like people just get confused. For sure. They've never heard that request before. Right. Yeah. So I um always prepared I always kind of you know eat before or after if I have to but that's the least of my worries mm -hmm. and um getting sick will kind of strip you from all of those uh, all of those kind of unnecessary right. worries where when I was younger maybe a lot of that would have been mm -hmm. a bigger deal to me mm -hmm. um so eating that way has been really supportive to my healing but I was also taking a lot of medications and doing a lot of other things for Lyme, almost to the point where I was doing so much that I wasn't really sure what's working. Mm -hmm. And so after, around the time we got married, I decided to kind of take a break from medications and supplements and give my body kind of a fresh start for about a month and a half. Wedding and honeymoon and I just wanted to see what it might be like. Right. And, um, and I took one or two medications that were important, like for my hormone health. Um, but that was it. And I just got all of these insights really that the holistic way of healing is the path for me at this point. After about two years of aggressively attacking this illness from yeah. every angle with IVs with mm -hmm. super aggressive yeah. on a daily basis um and so many kind of spiritual insights of of living like a healthy person and a healed person and not spending my life in a doctor's office mm. and I know that's not a luxury that everyone can have because I I did need to be there for period of time but um I made the choice to just die hard commit to healing with food and herbs so I do take supplements but mm -hmm. it's kind of a different type than I was taking before and did someone prescribe those or how did you um so the medical medium okay. um who maybe people know who he is maybe they don't celery I've, juice celery yes, juice celery juice exactly <laughs> been very inspired by him uh -huh. and I'm following a Lyme protocol of his oh wow and um so it's like a standard Lyme protocol that that is in his books and things but I also know him and so it's like okay I trust this person mm -hmm. um more than I've personally trusted most people mm -hmm. and so I'm going to give it a shot. And that's what I've been doing for about three weeks. I know that's not a long time, but mm -hmm. in the world of healing from something, it is because I've actually had like three good weeks. Great. Um, and I'm very passionate about it. So I love it. I love the energy that I've been getting. My digestion has been a lot better. That's like a huge concern for me and for a lot of people with Lyme is just like, 
your stomach just doesn't you work. Get bloated. Or... Um, basically, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, bloated, constipated. Uh. Like there's no digestion happening at all, or absorption, or anything. So, but this has been helping a lot. I mean, it's like a 180. Wow. It's crazy, and even beyond that, before I even kind of started with the medical medium stuff. I was already really dedicated to the SOS-free and plant-based, which led me to kind of create this thing that I've been so excited about, the ebook of yeah. recipes. Um, there's almost 60 recipes wow. in there. I should make, I need to make you guys something yes. soon. Yes, what's your favorite recipe from there? Um, well, I have, so like my favorite entree recipe would probably be the pad thai because mm. you wouldn't it, think you'd be able to have pad thai right because it's such a different pad thai it's like <laughs> you almost have to throw away what you right. think the regular pad thai is like to to be like oh yeah this is pad thai right. but it's so good for someone like me it's what like what are the what is it based on is it rice noodles uh yeah brown rice noodles uh-huh. um the sauce is made of like a variety of vegetables wow. but it it really and spices and so it really has a great flavor. Yeah. And then just a bunch of chopped up vegetables and tempeh. Sounds great. Um, yeah. And then I love all the desserts. So like a raw vegan Snickers pie. That one I want you to make Yeah, I, I want to try that one. That's and probably my favorite. And I want to put favorite. that one on How You Glow. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to send it to you. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be available. So people can get that on my website and... There's so a healing exciting. program, 22 days. Wow. 22 days are not going to heal you, but it will at least get you <laughs> on the path you, yeah. to the lifestyle. It's a reset, exactly. Yeah. And even if someone can't commit to the SOS free, probably they can commit to 22 days right. of trying it. Yeah, that's my exact thought. Right. Because it kind of takes that long <clears throat> to develop a new habit and to show yourself that you can do something. And it's also 22 days at least encouraged of alcohol free mm-hmm. and stimulant free. It's kind of nice to show ourselves that it's possible. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I feel like even with coffee, if you just take if you take two days without it, you'll be fine the next day. It's just the first two days are completely terrible. Totally. Totally. <laughs> but after those first two days, you feel great. Right. Because it's also a ritual that we're so used to that letting go of those rituals, it's really nice to show yourself. You can do anything. I mean, you can literally do anything. You just kind of have to get used to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what are you manifesting right now? What are you calling in? What's your next? I know you have this beautiful new ebook coming out, and so that's that's coming into fruition, which is super exciting. Anything else you're calling in and that you are focused on? Well, I'm still focused on my healing, really calling in that next level of health. Mm -hmm. And I know I've come so far, and I'm so grateful for that. And I'm excited to develop more health and vibrancy and energy. Um, And then so many things within my work since I finally have a functioning brain again. Right. I can, Um, you did so much being so sick. I can't even fathom it. I know. I get messages from people like, you weren't that sick. You did this and that. It's hard to believe that you were foggy in the brain because you seem to be super, super on it. I know. It's so sad thinking about how much I did during that time. But like these conversations, like um, like just like this, I was not really there. I was like uh, a dead, just surviving. dead person. 
Um, it's wow. very scary to think about because I wouldn't have like, like I would have left your house and I would have had no idea what we talked about. <laughs> Are you serious? And I would have been so tired. Mm-hmm. Wow. For the most part, but I had good days. Just uh-huh. was like roller coaster. You wouldn't feel the need to cancel. Something? I did. No, I canceled okay. constantly. I Maybe ninety percent at the time, which right. also sucks because then you just feel flaky. Mm. But in my heart, I knew. I'm not. It's not you, yeah. And I think, you know, almost everyone understood because people knew what was going on. Right. Um, But some people didn't. And it's a nice, you really learn when you're sick um, about maybe who doesn't get it and who, I don't, I'm not interested in those people anymore. I'm sorry because there's a level of compassion that's missing. And, and just expectation that's unrealistic. As right, well. right. Especially occasionally having to cancel guests on my podcast. Some people were livid. Really? Um, and it was very seriously. Yes, it, it was so um, eye-opening for me. Like wow. people. I mean, because I would always over-explain, like, I'm so sick. I mean, I think I would send them something, like, full novel about Which why. Which probably took so much energy to Right. Do no, well. just as much energy as it probably would have to do that podcast. And they're like, but I have a book coming out. Oh, my gosh. It's like, I, You're like, that's not my problem. I Sorry. don't care. <laughs> exactly. So I learned a lot. It gave me a lot of compassion. I mean, so much. Mm. Um, and... Yeah, so I'm manifesting a lot in my business because it's exciting to be able to really put my energy there again and have lots of offerings for my audience. And um, and then on a totally separate level, for sure, having a baby um, when I'm healthy enough. And so that's real motivation behind my health. I can't wait. How will you know you're healthy enough? What's Um, What's that marker for you? There's a few things. So, I mean, on a simple energetic level, I will know, like, Mm -hmm. at this point right now, I have just barely enough energy to take care of myself and maybe a little bit my husband, Mm -hmm. but no one else. Um, And so I know, I think I will be aware of when I have more energy that would be, um, you know, could be used to to take care of a little someone. Right. Um, and then I'll take tests with my doctor and we'll see what, what's happening in my blood because right now it's pretty clear there's still very high levels of bacteria. So hmm. just keep killing it. Keep killing it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, you've come so far and like it's so incredible to see Thank the you. work that you've done on yourself and just the process of healing in your ability to navigate that for yourself and for other people. So I'm sure everyone will love to check out your work. So everyone, why don't you tell them where they can find you so that they can get the ebook, they can dive yeah. into your world. They can find me on thebalancedblonde.com, thebalancedblonde on Instagram, and the Soul on Fire podcast, which is also called The Balanced Blonde Soul on Fire. So it's easy to find and yeah, I love hearing from people. Let me know if you listen to this episode because it's always fun 
and we talked about some really cool yeah, things. Yeah, I know. I love I love asking you about your ayahuasca. I'm like, I still have questions even after talking oh, to you I'm about this. Oh, I'm sure. Like yes. No, I'm sure. I think. <laughs> I'm endlessly curious. Maybe that means you're feeling the call. I don't maybe. know. I mean, I feel like I'm super curious about it. I, I really am. And I feel like I do feel the call. But part of me, I think also because I'm a mom, I would never want to risk like losing my marbles. <laughs> I know. You know what's so funny? My <laughs> that you said that. I was with my family the other night, my aunt and uncle, and my cousins, and we've been talking about it a lot. I mean, it's always a topic of conversation. <laughs> and um and they're all like mildly interested in trying it, uh, which is a huge deal because like nobody else in my family is. Wow. Um but my aunt said the same thing. She's like, I don't know. I can't risk it. Because right, God forbid right. you somehow you don't come back from whatever it is that the journey you're on. That would just be so sad. And I really I also feel really good in my in my life and in my brain and in my body right now. Like my living waking life feels really, really good. So I don't feel the need to sort of shake it up. It's more of a curiosity. Yeah. Okay. I get that. I think that that's such a good place to be. And I get it because when I was, when I went on that journey, I was none of those things. It was like, I am in, I am in a bad place. And I think I if I were, clarity. I would do it. I would mm -hmm. shake it up because you want to shake it up. Yes. Yeah. And now in my life, because I love it so much. I am such a proponent of it for people who yeah. are curious. Um, but I still, at this point, I go back and forth every day. Like, do, do I want to go back? <laughs> no, no, no. I am in a good, good. place. Um, I don't know if I even have the strength. I mean, it takes a warrior. It is not an easy thing. And it also heals ailments in the body, though, doesn't it? Yes, yes. And that, I didn't even mention that, but... My symptoms have alleviated both times um, for a period of time after ayahuasca for the first time for about maybe three weeks, two or three weeks, which was huge because my symptoms were, I mean, Western medicine couldn't touch them, you know, yeah. um, and then same with the second time you're purging and I mean, the things that you watch the medicine do like. And I know it's so hard to explain because it's not like human language, but I did watch the medicine heal me in many ways. I mean, like untying, like all these little like sickness knots in my body. Wow. Um, that is so cool. Right. So there's I mean, something to be said. Going on for centuries, right? Like, yeah. That's what people have used it for to go in and do its magic and in other countries and other cultures, it's very much, that's the way. Yeah, thousands of years, and that's why it's called the medicine. The medicine is for people who need it. You don't just take medicine if you don't just need because. It. Yes, you don't just do it, like, recklessly. Yeah, and I think that's maybe why plant medicine can get a bad reputation sometimes, because it's becoming this thing where it's much more popular in the Western world than ever before. And people are trying it for many different reasons, sometimes in settings that are not safe um, or not the most supportive. So if anyone's interested in trying it, you just have to be with, with a very experienced group and shaman and facilitators that can take care of you. I could see you doing that one day. 
I would love to do that. I could that. see you like in an- another chapter of your life as like an elder. Me too. Right? <laughs> I love that you see that and you're really, so intuitive. I really can see you doing that and like guiding a group and you're wearing all white and your hair's flowing. Yeah. And- no, I have chills because <laughs> I see that for me too. And, and I want to give back because the people who took care of me when I was having that episode, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been okay without them. No, you would have been traumatized. Forever. Yeah. Oh, and I'm gosh. so aware of that. Um, and I just, I always say to the shaman, because we're very good friends now, like, thank God for the way that you handled that situation. Because what's how, his name? His name's Dennis. And um, you had him on your podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's the one who instructed you about microdosing and all that, yeah. right? Yeah. So I listened to that one. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's amazing. And I'm always like, how did you know how to handle it? And um, he says, you know, it's not him. It's the, it's the medicine and, uh, and the elders, you know, that he learned from. And he has so much experience. Wow. But um, thank God, because I don't, I don't know what I would have done if there's one girl in the room who loses <laughs> her mind and is affecting everyone else. Were you else. the only one losing your mind like that? Well, other were you people, on a whole different level? Yes, yes. Other you were that people, girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was. No, I'm like, when I explain it, I'm like, you know how sometimes there's one person who just like loses who can't their hang. mind. Hysterical. <laughs> exactly. Um, but other people, yeah, they were having, some were having intense experiences, but it's a lot more internal. Or right. like maybe if you're right. really freaking out, you would go outside with like one of the facilitators. I would not let anyone take me outside. And I didn't trust anyone. I was like, you're holding me here against my will. You thought you were in a cult. mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I was not Jordan. Like, I was totally someone else. Wow. And I, yeah, and I see it now. I see how people split off. Yeah. Because, I mean, this this is a different kind of opinion, but... What I've learned after all this plant medicine, and I always sort of felt this in my heart, um, having grown up around a lot of people with mental illness, that they are more sane than we are. That's what I think. And wow. Like they're I mean, more connected and plugged mm-hmm. in. That's so interesting. That's what I think. And and of course, if we all live that way, it's not a way to live. Well, the veil um, is thinner, right? Yeah. But I see like someone who I love very much with very severe mental illness I always think in my heart, like, you actually get it. Your soul is really evolved because you can't live, you can't really live here on this earth peacefully. And I get it because it's hard to do. It's hard to live here as a human. It's really interesting. It's a good way of looking at it for just empathy and compassion's sake, right? Right. Just that, like, there's nothing inherently wrong with the person. They're just on a different wavelength. They're in a different realm. And they're not of this world. Yeah. Like, who are we to say what's crazy? Right. It's actually really crazy that there's, like, millions of people just walking around normal, you know? (laughs) I know. That's crazy. Holding it together. Yeah. Right, when there's so much going on. It's so true. So, so true. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Jordan, so much. It's always the best hanging with you and and spending time with you. So thank you so much for coming on. And I'm sure everyone is going to love diving into all that you offer. Yes, I'm so thrilled for everyone to listen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.